When I met John, I didn't know people were looking for him. To me, he was just another victim of California's housing crisis. This is the gate that I open up. This is the side gate uh, entrance. Uh, so how much do you pay for this place now? Well, I came in at uh, 600 and now I'm at 850 and now they're going to put it to a, a 11. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I've been throwing a lot of things away because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And so this building here... I'm in a formerly run-down, now rapidly gentrifying area of Long Beach, where John Fair lives in a damp studio. The apartment is dark, he has blackout shades, and empty, just a futon and a chest of drawers. But despite the small size and mold creeping between the bathroom tiles, John can't afford to stay here. I went to Big Five the other day, and I priced the tents. And I'm thinking about getting, like, a two-man tent so that there'll be a little room um, for myself. I don't have many things. I've thrown most of my stuff away. He tells me he's afraid. John's been homeless before and doesn't want to live outside again. Before I used to stay on the beach, I would dig a hole, and then I would cast some cardboard, and then I'd put sand over the cardboard, and I'd get underneath the hole. But one time, uh, the lifeguards drove over it. Uh, They would have killed me if I was in that hole. So I stopped doing that. The prospect of a homeless shelter is worse. I didn't want to go there because the the shelter workers just look the other way. And and the other homeless people, they they prey on the the ones that are the mentally ill. They're the ones that, that... John tries not to go out in public. He won't do so without a dark pair of sunglasses on and a hoodie with the drawstrings pulled all the way tight. When you look at him on the street, all you can see is a coaster-sized area of his face where his nose and sunglasses poke through. It can be frightening because people, you think they're your friends, but sometimes they're not. So I don't, it's hard for me to know who to trust. Even before the rent increase, John's entire $800 disability check went towards rent. John gets his food from food banks and dumpsters, and he skips out on luxuries like toilet paper. You know, those Papa John flyers, those... Uh, <laughs> they don't work all that great. <laughs> what, what, is that, what is that even paper made of? It's, it's, uh, it's like a gloss. So right? John is losing his home. He's buying a tent, and he's preparing to be homeless. Unfortunately, so are tens of thousands of people in L.A. County, and I was ready to move on to a different story. Then, I find out five years ago, John was the lead singer in a band. He has a Wikipedia page and everything. They were known as Johnny Fair and the Extraordinaires. Dot every eye, cross every T, make sure your mind is made up. I mean, I used to have fitted suits and silk ties and shirts and clothes that were all custom-tailored. Well, you know, he was just really witty, really quick. If you were down, he would get you going. I've heard him sing, and I've been to see him sing, and I, you know, I don't know how he didn't didn't make it big. Make sure your mind is made up before you run away with me. Cause if we go, we'll be gone for good, and we're never looking back when we leave. As soon as I find out about Johnny's past, 
I scan the internet for performances. I can't believe what I find. The Johnny I met is terrified of people, while this guy on the stage feeds off the crowd. Johnny Fair is an amazing artist, really moved my soul. Uh, love I Can't Pay the Rent, really awesome. Very thankful to be here. John can't be more than 120 pounds, but this guy has broad shoulders and a full frame, and he has this charisma that reminds me of Freddie Mercury. And as I watch these not-so-old clips, John interacting with his audience, people saying all these wonderful things about him, it leads me to think, what happened to this guy? So if anyone can hear my voice and is listening right now and has a computer and has put every single thing they've ever done or created and one day you just close your computer and you walk over to the trash dumpster and you put it in the trash dumpster and you walk away. No one had copies of these, of these songs and these albums. I, have, I had priceless recordings that you couldn't replace and pictures of places and people that are no longer here. Johnny can't explain why he threw away his life's work. It's a symptom of the growing space between his mental state and himself. He brought this up the first time we met. Because of the uh, mental illness that I've been diagnosed with, which is chronic depression and uh, schizoaffective with uh, disorder, schizoaffective disorder with mixed affective states, I don't know what I look like, and I don't know who I am. Sometimes I don't think I'm, I'm ill. All it takes is one trip to the grocery store to realize how much of himself he's lost. He'll meticulously write a list of what he wants, brave the aisles to pick out everything he needs, but when it's time to pay, he panics. I don't care how hungry I am. I'll just put all the items back in, in the places they're supposed to go if I'm even able to. Sometimes I'll just, put, I'll just walk away from the cart and just go away. But I feel bad because I, I, I want to be able to put them in the... One of the only things keeping John going is the village. It's a mental health services center run by Mental Health America in Long Beach. Here, he's a bit more outgoing. Sometimes, he'll even tell jokes at the weekly morning meetings. Uh, how many mentally ill does it take uh, to screw in a light bulb? Oh, no. Go ahead, let's hear. Uh, how, how many? To get to the other side. That's good. That's <laughs> We can laugh at ourselves. If you've ever been to the village here on Wednesdays and you heard them sing happy birthday, you'll, you'll laugh your butt off. You, you'll find out within the first few uh, notes, it's, it's pick a key, any key. <laughs> that, that's, those are my keys ringing right there. And it just comes off this cacophonous bunch of mush. It's, you, I, what? And, and it's hilarious. And I've always said that we should actually record that and sell that on our website. Uh, because people wouldn't believe it unless they heard it. But yeah. John also participates in Job Club, 
There, he gets paid to clean alleys in Long Beach and help out at local food banks and thrift stores. When the clothes come in, I separate the clothes in on the right places where they're supposed to go and the right sizes and everything. It's hard for us to function in any given setting at any given time. And so it allows us to feel a little bit better about ourselves because it helps to build our humanity back up again and our love. Johnny, like many other members that I spoke to, feels the village is his only home left. Anytime I spend time with anyone from the village, I feel, um, I feel lonely after they leave, but I feel happy when I'm with them and I look forward to seeing them. And I always um, feel sad when they leave because I don't have any family or friends. John tells me he gives back to the village. He takes me to this open conference room where he teaches singing lessons and starts to give me some of his pointers. As a lyricist, you have to look at any music piece and take the music out of it and look at it as a poem. How are you interpreting that piece? Are you going to stand in the way? Or are you just a facilitator in the piece and you're going to let it pass through you properly? If you do, you better get those places right. And you better not just do it to show off in those places where it's not needed. Something caught John's attention. He stops speaking and slides off his hood and sunglasses. For the first time, I notice his bright blue eyes. He looks like he's remembering something. Lord, I keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. I keep so busy praising my Jesus and got time to die cause when I'm and and it gets into it right it starts now it starts cause when I'm giving my all when I'm giving my all and and, and then the whole choir I, I didn't need to be in entertainment anymore I was starting to see that it's the simple life that's so much more enjoyable, by all means, have a hobby. Do that at, uh, somewhere in a recording studio or in your closet or something. You know, do it, have fun, do it, but it's an outlet. Can it make money for you? Absolutely, but when it starts doing that, it does change. It, it does change. If you're able to make the adjustments, great. I wasn't able to make the adjustments. Cause when I'm giving my all, yeah. That was the gist of the song, and that's how it goes in the stars, but... That was incredible. <laughs> you're, 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 Thanks, you're buddy. Incredible voice. Well, buddy, I mean, I used to, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I used to, like I said, I've given lessons to some people that you're like, really? Tom Jones, huh? That's impressive. But yeah, I mean, I've known these people over the years. Johnny was ready to leave entertainment. He had met a woman he really liked with three kids, and he wanted to start something different. Actually being in that relationship helped me take me to another level as far as focus and putting someone before myself in ways that I just, I could not screw up. And so I was making the kids breakfast, their lunch. Uh, I was taking them to school, picking them up. I was making dinner, <laughs> I was telling them bedtime stories. 
I was very much so, or at least I thought, I mean, in love, infatuated. These things come and go. We sometimes don't know what would. He didn't realize that he had pulled all of his eggs out of one basket, only to put everything in another. And, and I knew that once we turned the corner with money, uh, my first paycheck, I was going to go uh, just invest in a, in a psychiatrist because I knew I was going to need, and I had needed one for many years. If they were more affordable, I would have done it years ago and should have. I wouldn't have had the different mental breakdowns that I've had along the way. The last one, major one, of course, being when I found out <laughs> that my ex had uh, uh, run away with my business manager. Uh, nothing made sense to me anymore, and I just dropped out of society and reality. And A week later, I got a call from his case manager. John had been missing for a week, and his phone was dead. She told me that no one answered the door at his last wellness check and was wondering if I knew anything. I said I didn't, but when I hung up the phone, I started to doubt myself. John told me how difficult these interviews had been for him. Is it, is it hard to think that other people will be listening to this? And, and maybe even making their own own judgments. Does that does that part bother you at all, Jackson? This is one of the most difficult things I've had to do in a lot of years. Yes, it was difficult last time. Uh, the fallout was such that I just there's a lot of memories that I would try to put away and uh, deal with them on a better time. And. Uh, there is no good time for people like me. So, uh, like I said, I have not been looking forward to this <laughs> because I know what I'm going to have to deal with afterwards. And I, there's a lot of, I hadn't even thought about yeah. for so long. You know, I'd forgotten a lot about these things. I try to just. And the only reason I'm doing it is because I think it's for the greater good. Was this really for the greater good? To me, that sounded naively hopeful at best. Even if this made a couple listeners feel sorry for homeless people or the housing crisis, it's not worth hurting John, especially if it caused him to run away or worse. You can follow the platinum, the golden and the platinum rule. Jess, you know what the platinum rule is. Uh, is it love others more than yourself? Though? It's something very similar. Yes, exactly. You're on the right track. So that we know what the uh, golden rule is, right? And then the platinum rule is doing to others the way they would have you doing to them. So, for instance, what's your favorite dessert? I think some uh, rhubarb, strawberry rhubarb <gasps> pie. Are you kidding me? A la mode? I think so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So here's the thing. If there's another time that our paths should meet, and if I happen to have the ability to do this, I'm not going to bring you a chocolate cake. I'm not going to bring you a blueberry donut. You, you, know, you see where I'm going with this? 
I'll give you three guesses. The first two don't count as to what I'm bringing you, okay? <laughs> Including the ice cream. And so this is how we need to do. And we see, we need to look at others and, and we have to look at our differences. Something that stuck with me in the last interview was how Johnny compared society to a grazing herd. We're tribal, we're herd animals. And we like to stick together close. And we don't want to stick out too far from the herd, and we want to fit in. And oh, look at that over there. That one there is, is really, it's like very young. It's like a baby, but it looks like it's going to die or something. And then the other one over there next to it is really old and looks like it's going to die too. And then that other one, it doesn't, it, oh, something's wrong with its leg. And then the other one doesn't think so well. That one, oh, let's just moosey on over here together as tight as we can as a herd away from those four over there. <laughs> Oh my God, a lion just ate him up. Did you see that? Okay, cool. This is what we'll do. We'll wait for the buzzards and the ants to clear the, clean the bones, and then we'll go back to that grazing spot. Because that's a good... Did you see the acorns over there? Oh my goodness. John's right. We tend to avoid people with mental illness, especially those living on the streets. I can't tell whether this is out of the shame that our society is failing people or fear that it could happen to us. You know, they, they walk out of their house every day and they see, they see me sleeping there. And they go, you know, how can I help that guy? I'm not sure. And then they wrestle with it and they think about it and they deal with bitterness and anger and angst and, and guilty feelings. And then finally, though, they have, those feelings have to be resolved in one way or another. And what they normally do is uh, there'll be a time when they walk out of that, that morning out their house and they walk by me and they say, you know what? That's his choice. I made my choice. He's made his choice. That's it. And, and then they've made some peace. They can live with themselves. They, but that's how a lot of it is, goes, goes down. And, and so because of that, you look at that and you go, really? Is this the abdication of our personal responsibility to those less fortunate? than ourselves? Is this the spiritual content that we show our fellow humans? I went to look for John at the village that Wednesday. The morning meeting was packed with caseworkers and members, and between jokes and announcements, you could hardly tell who were the people struggling with their mental health and who are the people there every day to help them. One, two, three. The song was just as awful as John said it would be. I looked around again to be certain John wasn't there. I felt uncomfortable and a little out of place at the meeting, so I went on a walk. I was thinking about the train tracks, how John sometimes gets on a task and completely loses where he is. The last time he disappeared, a search for a writing utensil led him to start walking down the blue line until he disappeared for a week. And I found a few, but they were writing in different color inks, and then they would run out. So then I was looking for a pencil, and then I got lost, because I was just following the tracks for, mo for a long ways, and I was confused. I didn't know if I was in Arkansas. The tracks remind him of his childhood in Missouri, and he follows them until he loses track of how old he is or what state he's in. 
He sees a woman with kids. It's cold, and the car is packed with Christmas gifts. But her car wouldn't start. I was walking past it, and I just kept hearing the battery click. I walked over, and I said, okay, look, put it in neutral. I'll push. We can start this. She goes, oh, would you? Would you give me a jump? I said, yeah, I'll push you. Don't worry. I said, here we go. So I started pushing the car, pushing the car. I was pushing it up the street. And we got at a good speed, and she popped the clutch, and she was going there all cheering and happy and stuff. And next thing I know, I, I waved till they were out of sight. I was really happy for them. And that was the only thing I remember after that. I woke up in a hospital. I had been looking for people who might have known Johnny. Through a YouTube comment, I found Dane Blanton. I didn't know this at the time, but Dane happens to be a beach volleyball Olympic gold medalist. He grew up with Johnny. Yeah, if he has lost his place or, like you're saying, like when you brought that to him at attention, um, when we spoke on the phone, you know, that's that's tragic. You know, that's that's heartbreaking if he's not keeping up up to the level, you know, because of the kind of person he is and the kind of talent that he has. Uh, there was a lot of people who, uh, I guarantee to this day, just thought, how did he drop out of the face of the earth like that and why? What? What? Why? And you just don't have the ability, because any longer, to be able to speak with people on on the level that they're normally used to speaking with and communicating with. Mm-hmm. You're communicating on a much deeper level, in a different place, and you get further and further away to where you're not, a, you're no longer a capable communicator in the ways you should be. You're performing over the heads of your audience. I think about this as I walk around the block. Then, out of nowhere, I get a call from John himself. He's only a couple blocks away, so I pick him up in my car. Uh, Now I know where I'm at. Okay, we'll go straight and then make a... uh... John wants to show me his garden. God, I'm sorry. You have to make a right. I think. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, no, no. I, I get s- you my said left right. and right confused a little all the time. If it's okay with you, and if it's allowed, you could maybe show me around uh, the building for a second. Oh, we brought your harmonica. Very few people in my family have been able to ever build anything of of value because uh, because of who they are and their mental illnesses. So, so I had it from on both sides of the family. Most of us, by my age, are either dead or in prison or hospitalized. It's, it's, it's all about strawberry rhubarb pie. And you can have French vanilla or whatever you want. As long as there's cold vanilla on a, on a warm slicer. And make sure it's large, okay? This, uh, this is a memorial garden that I planted. Can you describe it for the folks back home? Yeah, it's... Um, you're looking at something that's probably about uh, four feet by four feet. It was an empty space, and the city, they said it's not our space, so we're not going to do anything with it. And then 
the owners, the building owners said, well, it's not our space, so we're not going to put anything there. So I thought, you know what? I've lost a lot of family members and friends to mental illness. My last friend who used to open up for me was a magician. He lived in this building right here. He had just hit a hard part in his life, you know, and uh, that was it. He, he just had a tough time, and he's down on his luck, so I got him this place in here. And I was right next door to him, and uh, I would try to help him when I could. John squats down and picks up bits of trash from the tiny garden. There's a half-eaten saltine cracker, bottle caps, and the little bits of plastic, the kind that comes with individually wrapped silverware and straws. And, and this is the way to tell the city and the owners, look, it doesn't take that much. I'm on a limited income and schizophrenic and I can do this. I think you all could do it, you know, it's not that hard. It just takes care and love. That's all, and that's it. Um, here this afternoon, and we're about to have some, uh, looks like here, I'm about to have some Marion Berry in front of you. Look at you. You're about to have a rhubarb pie a la mode. And there it is. That's beautiful rhubarb, too, by the way. That's gorgeous. That crust looks amazing. Look at that. Is that French vanilla? Just melting all of That's really... I'd like to thank people at Mental Health America and Dane Blanton, and especially Johnny, who made this possible. If you'd like to hear more stories like this, subscribe to 58K on Apple Podcasts or go to 58KLA at wordpress.com. And without further ado, here's Love, Don't Pay the Rent by Johnny Fair. sleep it's dark I wake up it's dark well I gotta leave my bed go to work get the run time put in a 16 hour day and when I finally get home I kick off my shoes well I gotta eat drink shower sleep do it all over again cause I know that Pay the rent and every last cent I done spent. <laughs> Lord, don't pay the rent. Ooh, Lord, don't pay the rent. Oh. I lay here waiting for the alarm. I wanna roll over and sleep. My woman's warm body presses up to mine But I know if I don't go, we don't eat Whoa, love, don't pay the rent <laughs> And every last cent I done spent Yeah, love, don't pay the rent Ooh, love, don't pay the rent No, 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 no Yeah
the landlord gave us notice. Pay off quick. Love, don't pay the rent. Oh, love, don't pay the rent. Oh. My woman's cuddling closer. She wraps her leg round mine. She whispers, baby, stay longer. Good God, look at the time. If I hurry, I can still make it. She starts caressing my head. I don't want to lose my position at the factory. I don't want to leave my position in bed. Two months back, rent due. Bottles, dog dish has no food. AT&T want their fee. But she and me land here is free. Today I'm gonna lay here and get spent. <laughs> Love, don't pay the rent. Oh, Love, don't pay the rent.